you know, it's funny when it's a character, I can do it when it's like, okay, Tara, I want you to do this. I'm like, deer in the headlights <laughs> it's, it's all character work as far but as i'm concerned you're right you are right welcome to improv interviews with margot escott a psychotherapist in naples florida who is using her 35 years of experience to develop improvisation programs benefiting and improving the lives of those with emotional and physical challenges Improv Interviews brings together the world's leading improvisational theater masters, founders, and innovators who are using improvisation therapeutically in unique and surprising ways. With great guests that include legends like Ed Asner and Aretha Sills, you're sure to learn something new about improvisation. This is Improv Interviews with your host, Margot Escott. Hi, everybody. This is Margot Escott with Improv Interviews, and today we have a fantastic guest, Tara Langello. And I have been so excited about this improv interview with her because she's not actually an improviser, but she is what's called a voiceover actor and has a very interesting life. And so welcome, Tara. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Margot. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today. Thank about all things voiceover and and improv and and uh, and creating. So absolutely. And we were um, we met through our mutual friend Susie Parker, Susan uh, Parker, who did the voiceover for my podcast. And oh, it's, it's just beautiful. beautiful. I adore Susan. Susan is so good, and Susan is uh, she's so talented, and she's just like an incredible person. She's just an amazing, amazing she human is, being. Isn't she such she a lover? Really, Oh, she is. She really is. It just emanates from her. She just has this gorgeous energy about her. And uh, um, I love working with her. I really uh, love working with her. She's part of a company, my, my uh, VO repertory company, and she's, she's fabulous. We love her. Well, we're going to talk about the video repertory company in a while, but let's start with how you got interested in acting in the first place and maybe want to share some stories about a relative you had who was an actor. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's kind of that's a funny story. That's pretty much how I got started in acting um, when I was um, uh, six years old. I went to see my uh, my uncle on Broadway. My uncle is Frank Langella. He was playing Dracula, of course, on Broadway. And I was six years old at the time. And in the Martin Beck Theater, and at the very, very end of the show, of course, he gets killed in a very dramatic fashion. He gets killed, stake through the heart, poof, disappears. I'm six. I see my uncle kind of disappear in front of me, and I freaked out. So I start screaming in the middle of the Martin Beck Theater, Uncle Frank, Uncle Frank, at the top of my lungs. And I remember I was sitting on my dad's lap, and the entire audience starts laughing like they just start you know it's, it's funny to them this this little six-year-old girl who's you know screaming uncle frank for her uncle i was terrified i was mortified i thought this was like you know some sort of plot to kill my uncle that just made me cry and scream louder so as i'm hyperventilating uh my uncle comes out for his curtain call he comes out to bow and i remember just looking up and that moment i will never forget this moment it was like what what magic is this? What is this? My uncle is this magical, magical magician. Um, and he, um, he blew me a kiss. And after the performance took, took our whole family onto the stage. And the funny part about it is I remember each one of us walking out on stage. And I remember my mom was like, she took a step and she was like, no way I could never do this. 
And I remember my dad being like, you know, like it wasn't a big deal, like whatever. And I walked out because my dad was very charismatic himself. And I remember walking out on that stage as a six-year-old girl going, wow, like this is the most, the stage was raked too. I remember that feeling. And I was like, wow, this is, this is the most incredible feeling in the world. I, I, I just, I, I can't describe it. Don't have to describe it for, for, for those of you that do it. It was just um, electrifying. And then he showed me how everything worked. He showed me the coffin. He showed me the trap door. He showed me the button that he pushed to go, this is where I go down. This is where I come out. This is how it all happens. And I was like, wow, this is, um, that was it. And that was it. I was hooked. I got the bug right then and there. Um, well, I can understand getting the bug right then and there, <laughs> not being frightened. And yeah, this is where I belong. I was like, wow. And I remember, you know, my, my, my mom and I talk about it to this day. She's like, I was terrified because I could never do it. I, I, I don't know. It's no, it was just, I, I felt home. I just felt home. Um, and it just, it all started, you know, it started from there. And then of course, you know, the, you know, the plays. And then of course the training officially happened when I became serious and I really fell in love with, um, um, you know, I love being on stage and Marco, you know, this, like, there's really nothing. I, I love that feeling of just being on stage and, and working with other actors and that whole collaborative process. But I really started to love, fall in love with my voice classes, my voice classes. And, and, and I really got interested in the way the voice works. Um, the mechanism of the voice. Um, and uh, I remember listening to a production of Othello. It was a, um, an audio production and it just gave me chills. And I just thought, this is extraordinary how I'm just hearing their voices and it's transporting me to a whole other, to a whole other world. And, I be and that became my other obsession with the voice. And that's how I started and kind of made that transition over from uh, theater acting into voice acting. It's certainly a beautiful trade. And I don't think people really yes. understand what a voice actor does, uh, the, the breadth of work that you can do. And could you just tell us a little bit about uh, what, what kind of things a voice actor does? I mean, we know it might be a voiceover and a commercial, but there's so many other things you do. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about it, Margo, is it's it's such a huge, huge business. And there's so many different genres of, of voice acting. And, you know, most people, when they think voice actor, they go right to cartoons. They go, you know, directly to animation, um, which is a huge part of voiceover. They go to, um, you know, video games, which um, I love doing uh, because, again, it brings in all the acting all the acting part, um, all that theater background comes comes right up to video games, especially now because uh, what people may or may not understand is there are cartoons which you have more, you know, sometimes you have more very, um, you know, uh, larger than life characters and some sillier voices, but video games now are, are a lot more cinematic and especially in a lot of animation films now are going for a lot of that realism. So there's a, there's a subtlety to that work that I absolutely adore. Um, so there's that. Then there's also e-learnings. Uh, medical narration is huge. Medical narration is a huge part of the industry, especially now. Very, very big. Um, there's audiobooks, which I adore too. A lot of theater actors do audiobook narration. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize it. I think they think, you know, it used to be called books on tape, right? And I think people think, you know, people are just reading the book. No, you're embodying the entire story. You're embodying all the characters. You can have, you know, upwards of, you know, 
50, 60 characters. I think um, if anyone listening has not listened to Jim Dale doing uh, Harry Potter, you are missing out on some magnificence. It is just absolutely brilliant. I could listen to him all day long. The way he captures every single character is extraordinary. And that takes a lot of stamina. It takes a lot of stamina. It takes a lot of dedication because you're performing. You have to perform that, that book. So these are all different different parts of um, um, a voiceover. A toys, toy voices, pick up a little toy in the store. Somebody did that voice for that toy. Um, you know, virtual reality, um, all kinds of things, podcasts. Um, so there is a lot of work that's out there, um, you know, promo work. Um, live announcing. Uh, so it's, it's important to be really well-rounded. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to work, but the more versatile you are, the more you can, you know, take advantage of those, those opportunities. You know, I understand you really haven't done any improvisational theater at all. However, the experience you have doing such a wide variety of voices would if you ever decided to take some improv classes, you could do wonderful characters because you you have the experience now of being those personas. Well, that's out. how, in terms of improv, in terms of games and improv and so forth, that's correct, Margo, but I use improv all the time for animation and that's exactly how it's done. So if I get shown a character and a lot of the times they're just show you a picture. Okay, here's a picture of this little creature who is, you know, maybe she's got tentacles and a crown on her head and maybe her expressions like this so i look at that creature and i go okay so here's where the improv comes in well she looks like she could be a queen in her underground world she's got her tentacles uh, maybe she's maybe she's evil maybe she's not maybe she thinks she's evil maybe she's kind of mean um but doesn't think she's mean so that all of those things that's that improv of creating the character in your brain is is something i have to do constantly so because that's going to give you who that character is um you know because sometimes you'll get it you'll get a breakdown from your agent and sometimes it's just the picture sometimes they'll give you a description sometimes they don't you know you could have a character that you know could go you know especially when it's animated like that um some of them aren't so obvious you know you could go in you could go in a couple of different directions and sometimes you you have the opportunity to to, to do two reads um uh so that's very, very important, especially with animation. You really want to be able to create those characters on the spot because sometimes you don't, sometimes, and sometimes what happens is you are cast, this happens all the time with video games, you'll be cast in a role uh, that isn't necessarily the role you auditioned for. So you will walk in and you're ready to record and like, okay, you're reading this today. So you have to, you have to make that adjustment and you have to just go in and you have to, you become that character. You become that character. So, so you are improvising all the time, but you're also using acting skills and techniques. You're developing a, a background for the character and your the backstory and so many other things just from an, a simple image. So that's beautiful example of yeah. improvisation. That's terrific. Yeah. And we use it a lot too. Um, you know, uh, sometimes it'll happen in, in commercials too. If you can throw in um, an improv or, um, you know, even if it's if it's something very small, um, it's great for for commercial work as well, not just animation. Um, so it's 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 fascinating, but it's it's imperative that you're able to to create that to create that world because that's what's going to make your um, your uh, audition or your uh, your characterization stand out. 
Have you had any favorite roles or, or characters that you've done over the years? I'm sure there's a whole lot of them. It might be there's a lot. Question. There's a lot of them. Um, I loved playing. Um, uh, there's a fabulous video game um, out called Heart of the Woods, and I played the villain in the piece. And she's just, I mean, she's a monster, both figuratively and literally. Um, so I loved playing her. And that was, um, and I loved the directing that, that, that process because, again, I had gotten the scripts. Um, I had auditioned for the role and I basically got the script that day. So, you know, you get it that day and you go in and you're recording. And uh, I loved the process uh, with that character in particular because she went from being mildly evil to sort of, you know, trying to cover up who she was to by the end of the session, she was full on creature, monster, out of control. So uh, I loved it because of the range that I got to do with that and, and the discoveries that came along the way. So um, she is one of my favorites. And I also, um, I got to work, I did a Geico campaign and that's again, very, very different work. Um, and I adored uh, that campaign. Um, it's, it's, it's running, it's still out there running. And um, I loved working with them and I love that whole process uh, beautifully. I mean, I mean, their stuff is just so incredibly, it's so funny and so well-written. So um, I really enjoyed that. And I love doing audiobook work. I just did a book um, called The Tory, um, which is in my, set my favorite time, um, the, the Revolutionary War. Uh, and um, it's a whole saga of books called um, The Rebels and Redcoat Saga, written by a wonderful author. Um, TJ London. And um, I really enjoyed doing this book so much. Just again, the levels of the characters and all of that. So I love the variety. Voiceover is like nothing else in that. You really can. Um, I just love the variety of the work that, that comes your way and the people that you get to meet. It's a very, very, as far as the entertainment industry goes, it is one of the most giving, supportive aspects of the entertainment business. There is. The people are incredible. People, um, very helpful, very supportive, you know, um, and super talented. So it's, I, I love, be, I love being part of it. That's, I love it. That is, excuse me. That is so wonderful. And it reminds me of the, my improviser friends uh, that I'm getting to know because of the pandemic from all over the world. And the same applies to them. They're giving, they're supportive. And I think the creative artists of the world, not not everybody, because that would be too big of a generalization, but in certain areas are so supportive and kind and giving. And the more we give, the more we receive. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I, and I do, I find that, I find that what you're saying is so, is so true. And I have had so many people in the voiceover world, um, you know, really just push me and support me. And even when I was first starting, I mean, people really high up in the industry, I mean, icons in the business that were just like, Hey, you know, um, you know, what, how can I help you? Uh, and, um, it's just been, it's been extraordinary. It really has. So I'm very proud, very proud to be part of such, uh, such a giving, um, industry, the voiceover, the voiceover industry. Well, I think you deserve to be proud. So, and you've done so many different projects. Now, has Uncle Frank actually seen your work and heard your work and given you any notes at all? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And uh, he's been he's been wonderful. He has been uh, so supportive um, of of my uh, my voiceover work in particular, and has helped me. And he's so he's the best advice. 
that he's given me, which I think is is true for voice actors, but but for any voice actor, is he's he's always said to me, you know, there are certain factors, there are certain variables that are within your control and certain ones that are not. And you have to constantly just do the work. That's your job. The only thing you can control is your performance. That is it. I can't control, you know, once I submit that audition or, or anything, I, I can't control what the casting directors are, you know, going to choose or I can't control that. But I can focus on my performance and doing the work every day. He says, you do that audition. You go in, you go get your cup of coffee, you work on your next one, you forget about it. And that's it. And sometimes that's difficult, I think, for us um, as actors and creatives, we can tend to over intellectualize and, you know, over process. And I'm guilty of it. That I am so guilty of it. So there have been times where he's just like kind of kicked me in the butt and been like, you know what? Or if I've maybe I've, I've submitted an audition and I've been you know overthinking about it. He's like, well, why are you still thinking about this? Like, <laughs> it's time to move on, Tara. You got to keep working keep working, never stop working, never give your mind a chance, just, just move on to the next thing. And it is, I has been the most incredible advice and let the text show you, um, you know, really let the text kind of reveal itself to you. Now, right now our viewers can't see this because it's a podcast, but you look like you're in a professional recording studio. Do you yes. have that your home? Your yes. Yes. This is my, um, I have a recording studio built into the house. Uh, so this is my, this is my space that I love and literally live in. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, I'm not complaining. I love it. I absolutely love it. So yeah, I have my recording studios. I have my two doors. So I have a door here and then I have another one out here. So it's completely quiet in here because of course um, I've been working at home, you know, for, for years now, but now with of course the pandemic, um, it is very common, you know, to be uh, live directed here. So what'll happen is, you know, you uh, book a spot or book a commercial or book a video game that's being recorded here. Um, but it's, it's being recorded on their end. I have something called source connect, which, uh, which basically enables the studios to kind of tap on into my space and record on their end. So it's, it's amazing. It, it's absolutely incredible. So yeah, you want to make sure that you have, um, um, a soundproof or as close to soundproof as you possibly can area in, in, in your home uh, uh, so that you can, you know, when you're in a recording session, you don't want to hear anything in the background. You, know, you don't want to hear any dogs barking or anything going on when, yeah. you're, when you're in the middle of a professional session. So um, it's definitely uh, very, very much worth making that investment uh, to having a, a, a pro space. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. And where, what part of the country do you live in? Where are you right now? I, Margo, am in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Um, I live in a fabulous, uh, fabulous little uh, town called uh, Alamucci. Um, and I love the location because when things do open up, I'm pretty close to the city. So I have the best of both worlds. So I have kind of like country life because I have my little life out here. I have horses and, uh, and I love Ooh. that. Yeah, I ride horses. That's what I do when I'm not in the booth. Um, oh, how wonderful. What yeah. are your horse's names? Who's your favorite? I have Sweetsy and Trader, and they are both, I, oh God, I can't, I can't pick a favorite. I'd have to say that they're, they're, they're very, very opposite. You know, Sweetsy's very bold and she's very, uh, I mean, she's personality plus, you know, she is just like, she's a badass. Um, Trader is a little more, um, he's, he's kind of like 
the baby. He's sort of a little worried, <laughs> nervous. And, you know, he's like, he'll follow me around. He, he acts almost like he's, he's a dog as opposed to this 1200 pound animal. So they're both very, very different. Um, and I, uh, I adore them. And uh, it's really nice to be able to kind of get out of the booth and be outside and be with them. And I think that's important, again, for any creative. You have to have your life. Like, you have to be able to get away from it. And you have to live your life. Because your life is what brings you to create. So you have to, at some point, I think we kind of get, like, all excited when we're working. I'm so busy. You know, I'm so busy and I'm working all the time. Like, well, that's great. But you kind of have to, like, you kind of have to live your life so you can have material to draw from to create an inner life. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got to I gotta stop myself if I find I'm starting to say I'm so busy. Nope. Mm -hmm. Delete, delete. Now, do you sing as well? Are you a vocalist, too? I am one of those actors who sings, you know, when you get the audition and it's like, we want an actor who can sing. I'm an actor who can sing. So <laughs> that means I can put a song over if I have to, but I do not call myself a singer. But, uh, but yeah, I, I can, I can, I can put it, I can fake it if I have to, but again, you know, or again, for a character that happens a lot in animation, they'll want you to like sing a little something. Yes. But uh, as far as being, uh, you know, a singer, yeah, I won't. I won't be in Sweeney Todd anytime soon. I won't be singing. Like I won't be singing Sondheim. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Well, Sondheim is very difficult to sing. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you know, I grew up in Northern New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey as well as you. Um, and I was about eighteen miles from the city. So I, I was able to take advantage of seeing from as a young child so many Broadway shows. Did you have that same experience? Oh, a lot of Broadway yes, shows. Yes, I did. I did. I saw everything. And Margot was like, I mean, oh God, I get like really emotional about it because it was just a different time. I mean, I was in the city like ever, and I was, I, I grew up with it. It was just like, and I, I, I guess I, I very privileged in that sense, because I just thought everybody, you know, had that experience and, and, and they don't. And, um, it really shaped me so much. I mean, we were in the city every week. I mean, I got to see, I mean, performances that I saw, I mean, I remember, um, um, seeing dream girls and, uh, on Broadway and, um, seeing like, um, just like, I remember I saw, I think I saw, I saw Rex Harrison. I saw him in like my fair lady. Like the, I mean, you were talking like these, these incredible performances, you know, seeing Jennifer holiday, bring down the house and dream girls was like the most, one of the most incredible things I'd ever seen in my life. Um, so every, every, and, and plays as well, musicals, plays, everything. Um, and of course it was always fun to, you know, um, you know, if we, if we got to see, um, you know, my uncle in a show, we would always get to go backstage and kind of see the inner workings and, 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 and all of that. Uh, so that was, that was really fun. And, and to this day, I mean, I mean, I was still going in, I mean, prior to everything shutting down, I mean, um, um, you know, still, I miss it. I really, really miss it. You know, living in Florida, I miss it too. And I, I've been here a long time now, but the first 20 years I was here, I went to New York quite frequently, but I was lucky because I was such a little girl. I saw Mary Martin in The Sound of Me. Oh, wow. And uh, I saw oh, Richard Burton in Camelot. 
Oh um, yeah. Oh my God. And I'm trying to remember who it wasn't. Julianne was Julie Andrews in the play or who was the, who was it? I don't think Julie, it was Julie. I, I think Julie Andrews was in the play. Maybe I did see her then. Well, it's a long time ago. I remember Mary Martin because I loved everything she was in. Oh yeah. So, um, and singing is so important for everybody right now. Yeah. I, I, I just love to sing and it really helps the day. So let's get into the newest projects you're involved yeah. in right now. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, the O-Rep kind of combines everything we've talked about. It combines all those, those passions. It combines the, the growing up with the theater and being involved in the theater and working as an actress in repertory companies and voiceover work. Um, and the plan was, Margot, before COVID happened, the plan, the original plan for the voiceover repertory company was to be an actual voiceover repertory company in the city. Was we were gonna? I was gonna get a space, and I was envisioning, you know, all these these actors doing, um, you know, behind microphones, doing vocal work, involving multimedia music, and you know, screens, and this whole that was the vision for VO Rep. And then COVID nineteen hit. And I thought, okay, well, we're just gonna adapt. <laughs> we're just gonna adapt and we're just gonna do everything. Um, basically gonna keep everything the same. We're gonna, you know, I'm gonna find some like-minded um, actors and creatives and uh, bring them all together to, you know, create something new and something um, irreverent and fun. So that's what VO Rep is. VO Rep is a combination of, it's, it's a company of actors uh, we mentioned one earlier. We mentioned Susan, Susan L. Parker, who is who's part of the company. Um, Ken Foster is a wonderful voice actor. Um, Steve Weins is who is our writer and also voice actor. And uh, Michael Kinsey, who is our fabulous audio uh, sound designer. And the incomparable Daniel Azarian, who is our uh, head creative director, who is the visionary who kind of takes all of these pieces and puts them together uh, and also is in charge of our branding, marketing, um, et cetera, and um, really just, just keeping the vision of VO Rep going. But what I love about it, Margo, is when we were talking about the theater and, and also with what you do in improvisation, you're working together as creatives. You're taking something from nothing and you're just creating this, this piece of art, right? So we wanted to bring together different people from different varieties, different, different creatives, directors, voice actors, um, singers. Uh, we will be expanding these roles in the future to come together to create material um, original material. The next piece we're working on is an original piece written by our fabulous writer, Steve Wines, and also um, adaptions of um, other material. So our, our initial production was an um, adaption of Roger Corman's 1959 V movie, The Wasp Woman. Uh, and we kind of have created our something that we call pop audio drama, which means is we take that material and we just add a certain kind of irreverent spin to it. So we took it and we modernized it a little bit. Um, but it's a fabulous, wonderful, satirical version of the story of this cosmetics queen, Janice Starlin. I don't know if anyone's seen the movie, but it's it's a it's a it's fabulous. I grew up with Roger Corman, huge fan of Roger Corman. Um, and this cosmetics queen who will do whatever it takes, she will stop at nothing to stay beautiful and to stay relevant, no matter how horrific the costs. Now, is this available online? Can we have the link to this? Yes. We'll yes. have a write-up on you that accompanies the podcast. Yes. Well, that'll be a great link for us to have. 
Yes. So it's um, available on uh, VORep.net, www.VORep.net, and it's available across all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of those links are, um, you can go directly to our website and click onto it from there too. That's terrific. So tell me a little bit more about this project and what you're working on right now. And and then I've got another follow-up question. I'm going to ask this as well. So I'm asking several questions at the same time. (laughs) But although you can't meet in person, Mm -hmm. is the pandemic offering other opportunities in such as being able to involve people who were great distances away in the project? Yes, yes, yes. And that is... um, that's the great thing about um, being able to work in in this medium. Um, we have been using Zoom for our rehearsal processes, and it's been really, really interesting, Margot. And also, improv comes into um, comes into play here as well because we'll have um, um, our script. Uh, Steve will write our script, and we'll workshop that script. So, you know, we'll, we'll play with that script a little bit. And there have been some really fun improvs that have ma- made it into the final recording, actually, um, uh, with some of the characters shaping, shaping the characters, shaping the dialogue. So, yeah, we have people, um, you know, we, we, again, Susan's in Florida, right? Susan's in Florida. I've, you know, Ken is in PA, Dan's in New York City. So we are able to, we're, and in the future, uh, we will be having auditions and castings for our future projects for our next season for, uh, as we're planning our season for 2021. Um, we will be looking to really grow that, um, to, to, to grow our cast and our opportunities. Doesn't matter where you're from. You could be from, you know, you could be in England or wherever it is. I mean, I've, I've certainly um, been, um, had opportunities to record with game companies from all over the world. Uh, so it's been a really wonderful process. Um, and, um, as I've said, we can, we just, it also is interesting because we can record what we're doing, um, listen back to it, make our adjustments. So it's been really interesting. Our sound designer will come in and listen and he can kind of tweak the sound design as to, you know, depending upon what we're doing. Um, but it's, it's really a wonderful, wonderful process. And I, it it kind of brings me back to the part of the theater that I miss. Because, you know, in voiceover, a lot of the times, like I said, you've got to be quick. It's got to be fast, right? So here's the opportunity to kind of slow down and uh, really work through the material uh, and then, you know, just let it happen. You know, as you're speaking, I have to say that my mind is thinking, I bet you can do different accents. Like if I asked you to be a a young French girl... (laughs) Could you say something to me? Like, hello, Amelia. Bonjour. <laughs> bonjour, bonjour, Henriette. <laughs> so good to see you. <laughs> I hear you have a sister that lives. I hear you have a sister that lives in Russia. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I do have a, uh, a sister in the Russia. Uh, she is very, um, very good. Uh, she has a dog, but it's bitter. So she does not like dog anymore. And also, you you've been in Barcelona, Spain, a number of times with your with your girlfriend. What was it, Rosita? In uh, Rosita, I went uh, with uh, Rosita and my sister. Uh, we love uh, we love uh, we love to go. We love to go. Uh, my sister and I we travel all the time, uh, but it is beautiful here. We love it here. And your mother's permanently living in in London, is that correct? Yes, she is. My mother lives in London. Uh, You know, and I do 
do miss my tea. I have to tell you, Margot, I definitely miss my tea. Um, so every so often, you know, I sit with mother and um, have my PG tips here in the States. It's not quite the same, though, is it? It's not quite the same. No. So mentioning the States, I think you have another aunt and she lives in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, she does. I love her. Oh, my God. Felicia. Felicia, she's like, like, I, I don't even know how to tell you this, Margot. But I probably shouldn't tell you, but Felicia's got herself in a bit of trouble. She Sometimes she gets into a little bit of trouble, but I'm not, you know what? I better not talk about it. She could, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to start trouble. <laughs> See, that was all improv. That was beautiful. Oh, I'm so jealous. I love all those characters and voices. And immediately you went into them. That is so great. That's that's the kind of, when it's a cat, you know, it's funny. When it's a character, I can do it. When it's like, okay, Tara, I want you to do this. I'm like, deer in the headlights <laughs> it's all character work as far as i'm concerned you're right you are right and um boy that was really fun that just made my whole day you know <laughs> i'm really so excited fun. about that i need to study i have i have one of these uh cd sets of somebody teaching you all these accents and i've just never been able to you know master them very much you know well it's blend tough. them together is it it's it's t I mean, some of them are tougher than others. Like my, you know, my, my, my French accent is probably, you know, my weakest accent. So when you kind of focus on those and then you kind of certain accents, I can do, you know, certain accents I get like right away. Um, you know, like I love doing Irish, you know, I love the, the Irish brew, but there's certain, there's different dialects for Irish, depending upon if it's Northern Irish or, you know, there's all these different dialects, there's accents and dialects. So, um, to make them, the best thing I find is to actually, um, really record someone who is from the particular area you're trying to learn that accent from. That's the best thing because, and what's also great about that is you can also, depending upon who that person is, um, you can really talk with them at length, get their story, and they can also become like a character for you. You know, you can tweak that a little, like, tweak it a little bit, but yeah, accents and dialects are great. You have to do a lot of them in audiobooks too. Sometimes you're, you know, you're recording an audiobook and you're like, oh, wow, I've, this is an accent I haven't done before. I need to learn this accent. Uh, so you learn and, you know, and then you just, but you have to use them. You have to use them. That, that, that's the other thing because, you know, it's like you say, I do French. I'm like, oh gosh, I haven't done French in a while. You kind of have to get your muscles because each resonance is different for a particular accent or dialect. Um, so the resonance in the mouth is different. It's very, it's just fascinating. That's awesome. Now, do you teach at all? Because you're explaining this so well right now. Do you teach? I don't teach. Not yet. I, you know, give me, give me another 10 years, I think. <laughs> well, you know, there's that thing, those who can't teach, which is not very nice to people. who No, like it's to not teach. nice. <laughs> it is not nice. And it's not true because there are, uh, I mean, phenomenal coaches, voice actor coaches who are working in the business, uh, who know the inner workings of the business. And, and, and um, that is that, that is absolutely not true. I re um, the minute it came off my mouth, I thought, "Oh no, that is not true, is it?" Um, <laughs> nope. You so so. You're are you auditioning people for your next project, or you know people specific people you want to be in your work? We, uh, we are going to be opening. It'll be an open casting call. Uh, we're going to have. We're working on a piece right now that's a short. So we have. Um, uh, there will be one role that we're going to be looking for for that particular piece. But as 2020, as 2021 comes rolling along, we are actually working on developing a project that is um, going to be a, a podcast series. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be looking to cast people for that. 
down the road. That's going to be probably after January, we'll have casting notices up for that. So we're excited about it. Well, that sounds wonderful. I, I know somebody that might be interested who has no experience whatsoever, <laughs> but they'd like to give it a try. <laughs> I love that, Marco. That's great. <laughs> Well, um, I know when we post this podcast, we're going to have links to everything you want to let people know about today. And um, what's bringing you, I know you love your work. Okay. I love my work. And I know you love your horses. So this may be a redundant question, but what gives you the moist, the moist, the moist joy <laughs> in your life moist. today? What gives you the most joy? What gives you, what gives you the most joy in your life today? Um, that's such a wonderful question. I mean, I guess having, I just feel so lucky to be able, you know, sometimes we lose sight of this and I just feel really like I'm surrounded by a lot of, um, this sounds very Pollyanna-ish. I'm just surrounded by so many good people and I'm so happy to be doing what I do every day, but it's the truth. Like I, I really do feel very, very, um, very blessed to be able to do this, to be able to, to audition every day, to be surrounded by people and, and have a family, um, that kind of keeps me, keeps me grounded. Um, so, uh, but there, there, there's a freedom to be able to do what we love, you know? So I, I really do, the work does bring me all of those things that we just talked about. The work does bring me joy. And I, I really think honestly, being able to, and I was bringing up VO rep again, but being able to create, because it's all about the process for me. It's always been about the process. Even when I'm auditioning, yeah, you book the role and you're like, yeah, I booked the job. And then you're like, oh God, I booked the job. I got to do the job now. <laughs> and the job is out there and it's done. But the most fun is the process. I love auditioning. I live to audition. And you better love it because that's what you're going to be doing most of the time. <laughs> Even more than performing, you're going to be auditioning. So the process, and now with VO Rep, I think that was kind of the missing piece, like being able to kind of work and give back and work with other people um, in a supportive environment. And to be able to share that, I think is what's really bringing me the most um, joy right now. Well, that is just all fantastic. And I I knew I enjoyed you. I loved you the moment we first connected. Oh, I loved talking. you. I like loved you. But we're the we're the good Jersey girls. We're not the other. Yeah, Jersey girls. yeah, we're that's the good right. Jersey girls. Good Jersey girls, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I I really love what you're doing and I'm following you. And I hope the listeners follow you because it's beautiful work that you're doing. And you're just such a gift. I find you a true gift. Um, in your spirit and the love that you extend to other people. And I'm wishing you every success in the world for 2021, Tara. Oh, Margo, thank you so much. That means, that means so much to me. And I felt the same way when I met you and I just love, and the work that you do, I'm like in awe of it. Like I really am because I, like I said, I do just the little improv with characters, but I don't come close to what you do it is a gift to be able to do that and to be able to to share that with others so I admire you uh so much and I uh, it's been such a pleasure to spend time with you today and chat it's been so much fun 
Thank you so much for being here. And hopefully we'll have you back again and find out what's happened with all your projects. Yes, yes. yes. I, that would be wonderful. I would love it. And hiring that unknown actor who, you know, had no training and became a multi-star. That's right. You never, <laughs> you know what? Hey, everybody's got to start somewhere, right? That's right. Hey, bonjour. Um, bonjour. And uh, au revoir. <laughs> au revoir. Until we meet again. Thank Ciao. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, Margo. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and look forward to you joining us next time on Improv Interviews with Margot Escott.